0: will make their seats, make their way back to their seats, that would be great. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. For those of you who want to go ahead and get your Bibles out, there should be a black card copy in front of you if you didn't bring a Bible. Uh, if you don't own one, that is our gift to you, by the way. Um, sometimes I think, I wonder how long I could sit up here and y'all could still talk. Uh, and things would just keep going and I would sit up there if we didn't say anything. I think this time is really marks our church really well, uh, that we get up and we talk and we communicate and love on each other and welcome each other. Uh, well good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Hayden Huckabee and uh, thank you. I don't know who did that, but I appreciate that. Um, I serve as an elder here and a gospel community leader. so. Let me translate that. I am not the one up here typically on Sunday. Uh, that may or may not become evident in here in half an hour, uh, but we will see. Um, so today, uh, I get to wrap up this series that we've been in uh, called Being Human. And I hope that you all have benefited from it as much as I have. It has been um, a blessing. And, and the, the way I'm gonna talk about being human today is through uh, something we've probably heard a lot about, and that is Sabbath and rest. Uh, so if you've heard a sermon about Sabbath, uh, please don't tune me out. Uh, just stick with me uh, and see what the Lord might, might say to you today. I do have an important disclaimer, though, when I get, before I get started, and that is to say that I am no expert on what it means to truly Sabbath. Um, as you may or may not know, I am a three on the Enneagram and uh, let me tell you a little bit about threes. Uh, ceasing from work and resting is not one of our strengths. Uh, you can actually take something like a commandment like the Sabbath and uh, turn it into to uh, performance. If you don't think that you can be in performance mode by resting, ask me and I'll tell you how that's done at the end of the sermon. But all kidding aside, what I do hope gets conveyed today uh, is that Practicing the Sabbath and understanding the heart of what it is is one of the greatest ways we can embrace our humanness. Um, Nothing honors our humanness more than creating sane rhythms of work and rest. One of the things we learned at the beginning of this series that Chad started us on was that uh, embracing our humanness means that we acknowledge that God is creator and that we are his creatures created in his image. Um, God is infinite and we are finite, which means we live within physical limits of time and space and bodily limits of strength and energy. Psalm 103 says that God knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. Isn't it funny how we forget that sometimes? One of the things I prayed for with this series is that we as a church would um, show God's beauty, his fullness, in embracing what it means to be human. What a great missional tool that would be for us. We all know that many non-believers think uh, some distorted thoughts about what Christianity is like. One way to sum that up is that many non-believers think that uh, being a Christian means you live your life trying to be good um, Which means you fake how you feel and you pretend to be something you're not. The truth is uh, that those who understand and believe the gospel should be experts on what it means to be human. But the opposite is actually true. When followers of Jesus are constantly exhausted and stressed, the watching world does not see a contrast. And that is a problem. John Tyson, this should be on the board. um, John Tyson says, Jesus is not glorified or seen as beautiful or desirable if his followers are exhausted and stressed and worn out in the exact same way as the world. A restful spirit is spiritual warfare in a culture of exhaustion. We have to learn how to live in the rhythm of rest. Another point I'll try to make today is that um, most people, including Christians, Christians, Uh, sometimes find the Sabbath irrelevant or look for excuses to write it off, but it's actually offering what we're all longing for. We're all looking for a way we can finally breathe and be at peace about this life. But what if we, as God's people, finally found the secret weapon in combating the proverbial hamster wheel? What a kingdom-building tool that would be as we move forward in our desire for renewal and restoration. So if you will stand for me, stand with me for the reading of God's word in Matthew chapter 11, 25 through 30. At this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be seated. Please pray with me. God, uh, thank you for reserving some of your most beautiful words for tired and weary people. Father, uh, thank you that you don't grow weary or tired in loving and pursuing us. God, thank you that you never roll your eyes about our reluctance to trust you, but instead you patiently reason with fearful people. Holy Spirit, I pray that these life-giving secrets to us today would be revealed. Help us see where we think we're wise when we're not, where we think we understand how life operates, operates when we actually don't. Reveal these things to your children today, God, I pray. And help me in my weakness this morning, God. You know my heart. Give me strength, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I th- the first part of this sermon is simply called, What is the Sabbath? And I thought, what better way to start off uh, in talking about that than reading it straight out of the Ten Commandments uh, found in Exodus 20. And actually, this is not on the board and you don't have to stand again, but I'm going to read it. Um, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you on it Now, that sounds like one very detailed commandment. It sounds like God is trying to lay out this very specific rule. But unfortunately, people don't see rules as something good for them. And in some cases, that's true. But when God wrote out the Ten Commandments, He wasn't just listing a bunch of rules. He was defining who His people are. God is literally laying out a vision for His people on how to be human in this world. And with the fourth commandment, he's actually going a step further because this commandment is actually rooted in Genesis, in the story of creation, where where we learn that we're created in God's image, which means we are to mirror what God is like. God is trying to bring his people back to their true identity here. You see, the rhythm of work and rest is God's idea. Both were mandates to his children, but not in ways that were oppressive, but in ways that were life-giving and ultimately ways to help us enjoy him more. So what do we really think about the Sabbath anyway? Uh, When I was thinking about this, I thought about how I've always thought of the Sabbath as the day you didn't get to do anything. And so I don't know about y'all. I was not raised in an overtly Christian home, but I had lots of friends who did. And I remember that they could never spend the night with me on Saturday night, <laughs> and so uh, I don't know exactly how this went, but this went. But this is how I imagined it. <clears throat> hey, hey, Dad. Um, I know it's Saturday night, but I was really wanting to spend the night with Hayden tonight. Is that is that okay with you? Excuse me, son. Don't you know what tomorrow is? It's Sunday, and we don't do anything fun on Sunday. We are going to go to church. We are going to come home and read our Bibles and have holy thoughts all day long. Don't forget it's the day the Lord has made and it, we will rejoice and be glad in it if it's the last thing we do. So, I don't know if that was your experience or not, but I'm going to propose that most of us misunderstand the Sabbath in one way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm going to assume uh, that... Um, How many Christians do you know actually practice the Sabbath well? Almost none, I'm going to guess. Church people are constantly uh, misunderstanding and misapplying this truth. Let's read how some religious people thought of the Sabbath in Mark 2, 23 through 28. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, the disciples began to pluck heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So religion can make a heart grow cold and turn God's good intentions into rigid rule rule following. I'm going to assume that most of us know that, but I'm also going to say that those of us who think that we are above legalism Uh, that we've not fared much either when it comes to the Sabbath. Because what we have tended to do is ignore it or to dilute it. Obviously, both of these are wrong and the effects can be very serious. I get asked a lot about what types of problems that I see in counseling. And without a doubt, it is anxiety. Generally, uh, it's uh, something called generalized anxiety disorder or uh, panic disorder. Uh, Second would be depression. Depression. So I'm not guessing on any of this, by the way. It's act, we actually keep stats, and uh, so I know this is true. If you know me, you know that I would never shame anybody for having those feelings. Um, and if you know my story, uh, you know that I have suffered from clinical anxiety from my late adolescence in my 20s and even as far back as five to six years ago. And because I know the statistics, um, I know there are people here today that are suffering from that. And I don't want to minimize that. And, and if you are here and you are having those feelings, know that there's hope and know that there's help. But today, in reference to the Sabbath, I'm going to talk about this in a way in which we, we struggle. Um, and so I'm going to start off by just saying something that I've sort of already mentioned, that is that the Bible teaches that all of life is about God. And like I have said, he created the world and he created us in his own image to live in the world that he created. All this was to bring glory to himself and to bring us the love and care and protection that we were created for. This truth that we were made by God for God is beautiful, but sin blinds us to it. We don't believe that God's way is the best way and we look at obedience to God, is slavery and what we really want to do is where life is found. This is how life becomes one big obligation. We get life confused, we get work confused, we get rest confused, and the Sabbath gets lost. We go from thing to thing, from place to place, and we forget what truly matters including our true identity in Christ and the tender mercies that God has given to us. So what is the result? Worry, stress, anxiety, irritability, and an inability to enjoy anything anymore because we're too tired and we're too exhausted. In John Mark Comer's book, Garden City, he says, the mantra of our culture is that we work to live The American Dream, which started out as this brilliant idea that everybody should have a shot at a happy life, has devolved over the years into a narcissistic desire to make as much money as possible in as little time as possible with as little effort as possible so that we can finally get off work and do something else. So the whole idea around rest in our culture is that we work for rest instead of working from rest. And if we're honest, we believe that we're the Lord of the Sabbath. Because after we get off of working in our own kingdom, we believe that we're entitled to rest. When that happens, rest becomes about us. Then we wonder why rest becomes elusive and unsatisfying. How many of y'all have had a long vacation or just even a weekend or a holiday, perhaps even this one, uh, where you say to yourself, I'm going to finally get off work and I'm going to finally be able to, to rest, only to be completely and utterly disappointed or even borderline depressed when it's over. That is the byproduct of working for rest. Working, yes, working for rest. Church, the Sabbath is an invitation to work and ultimately live from rest. Rest. It's an invitation Jesus offers to weary people to rest in what he has accomplished for us. Living in the way of Jesus is rooted and anchored in rest. Fundamentally, our salvation is about rest. Well, rest from what, you may ask? Jesus came to smash the yoke of religion into things of this world that we're bound to. Y'all remember the prodigal son story? It seems like every time I get up here, I mention it, sort of an important one. (laughs) <laughs> um, their two brothers and their yoke, yoke to things they thought would bring them life. The younger brother thought life was found in the things of the world and the older brother thought life was found in religious obedience. But neither of their lives were changed from what they thought brought them life. So our true brother, Jesus, came to rescue us from both of those lies. In his invitation in Matthew 11, he doesn't say, come to me and I'll heap up religious Burdens upon you, but notice he say, come to me and I'll make your life successful. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. The rest that your soul needs. And when we engage with the Sabbath, we are resting in his labor for us. We're resting in how he labored in living a perfect life. We're resting in how he carried our cross. We're resting in how he was brutally beaten and nailed to the cross. This is how Jesus earn the right to say, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So hopefully with some refreshing new perspectives on the Sabbath, how can we engage with it in honoring God as His children? I'm going to lay out three basic principles for us today. The first principle is to remember that the heart of the Sabbath is to actually cease from your work. Too many times we think rest comes after the project's finished or after the work is done the way we want it to be done or when this current season of life slows down. But what God is calling us to in the Sabbath is to actually trust Him. Sabbath is about having faith that God knows what He is doing. Ceasing from our work and trusting in His work and our lives positions us to rest and delight in God and all of His good gifts. And the point on the Sabbath is to savor every minute of it. So hear this, whatever we might choose to do or not to do on the Sabbath somehow needs to somehow fit into this purpose. And this brings up my second principle, which is actually something many people have spent way too much time debating on, and that is what day to Sabbath on. The official biblical Sabbath is from from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. And many pastors observe the Sabbath for obvious reasons uh, for themselves and their families. And that practice might work for you as well. But the point is is to pick a day that becomes a regular rhythm. An important part of the Sabbath is knowing that it comes in the same interval so you're not making decisions about it throughout the week. And the third principle is to remember that the Sabbath is not primarily a private or self-indulgent discipline. It's something we should enter into with the people closest to us. And preparing for this sermon, this principle was particularly significant for me. What a privilege it is to show our children the gift of Sabbath. With children being raised in the home of a one and a three on the Enneagram, believe me, God-centered rest is something that we have to be intentional about. In Derek Worthington's book, The Call of Jesus, he talks about something called the myth of neutrality and contested space. And he says this The pervasive brokenness we see in the world is not a matter of happenstance, but of intentionality and strategy. When we read the scriptures, we come to see the world in a very different light. We see the world not as neutral, but contested space. The universal brokenness in our world can be understood and explained by forces seen and unseen. This is the kind of world in which every man, woman, and child is being discipled. Our lives are being shaped not by chance and in many ways not by choice, but by forces that are vying to bend us in a particular way. I read that book probably two years ago and I think about that part all the time, especially when it comes to my home. I told Hope just the other night that life is like being out in the ocean. You go straight out and you see that Dad is right in front of you. But after a while of not paying attention, you're not where you started. You're farther down, and Daddy's not in view anymore. That's how life is. We do not naturally drift towards holiness. And this can obviously be a sermon in itself, but I thought it translated into another reason why God wants us to observe and honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath anchors us and reorients us to our gracious God and Father. It's a time to recalibrate our souls, to celebrate and to trust. And to do this in community with family and friends is the best way. So I thought it might be helpful. Excuse me, I need a little water. So I thought it might be helpful to provide some examples, uh, some things to do when you Sabbath. This is obviously nowhere near exhaustive, and the point is not list or rules, as we've learned, but to take in all that God is and all that he has done. So here's, here's some things. It's a perfect time of the year to do this by experiencing nature, going out for a walk, going out for a run, especially, like I said, this time of year. And if you know me, I know many of y'all thought that I would start there, right? Right, y'all know me. But let me tell you something, Um, speaking of being yoked to something, running and exercise of all types is something that you can be yoked to. So uh, the point is, is that you're enjoying God and that is your absolute focus. I'll give you a good example about a month ago a friend of mine and I uh, went out on a bike ride uh Sunday on a Sunday afternoon. It was beautiful. It was like when peak foliage was out and the temperature was just right, like upper sixties. And so my tendency whenever I'm about to do anything like that is all right, so I mean I gotta get the, the watch on, keep my heart rate up, whatever, I'm you know, middle whatever, all that. But we went out and I didn't care one bit about heart rate or any benefits to training. It was just me and a friend and we took this route that was absolutely gorgeous and we saw some of the most beautiful parts of Jonesboro. Another thing would be to listen to music, read a good book next to the fire. You can tell I'm really honed in on this season. Um, And if you doze off, even better. Quality time with your spouse, including intimacy. Now I'll have everybody's attention. That's um, interesting, though. There's not one pastor I read or uh, heard that this was not a part of their Sabbath practice. So, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoying good food throughout the day, culminating to a dinner with your family or closest friends, and it, you enjoy a feast maybe that you prepare together. You sit down and you eat it slowly and you pop open a bottle of wine if that's your thing. You light some candles for some ambiance, whatever it is, but you sit down and you enjoy it. The point is, is to eat and drink and laugh and tell stories together. Have time in the Word with your family. Not like I explained the friend of mine who I thought that's what they did all day and it was whatever. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's... Uh, over dinner or maybe it's right before bed it's something that I would highly recommend you plan and be creative about Uh, we are about to start a series in Advent and I think that would be an excellent way to get that practice started in your home well I would be remiss not to mention uh, that there should be some things you should consider refraining from on the Sabbath as well now this is where it gets a little testy but I think it's helpful. So I'm going to say them. Consider not going to your phone for leisure, social connectivity, or work. Or checking your email or anything else associated with your job. I don't know about you, but I've had excellent intentions to be with my kids and, and within probably half an hour. It's, dad! 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 We've all... Seen it. You know, we, no, we've all done it. Um, consider not running errands or getting caught up on projects around the house. This is something that I can really struggle with because, you know, I work throughout the week, and so my weekends I can get all kinds of busy doing things here and there, and I'll go out and want to throw the ball with Harper, and the next thing you, you know, I'm, I'm involved in a, in a project that I had forgotten that I had left undone. Holly and I recently realized that there should be a day that we don't talk about things that are heavy, weighty, sad, or divisive, potentially divisive. And finally, I'm going to likely get some comments from my wife on this one, because she told me not to to say it, but I'm actually going to say it a little bit differently than what I told you. (laughs) And that is... The Sabbath is the day where you say with your heart and with your actions that I have all that I need. So to not engage in things that lure your heart into thinking that is not true would be wise. That could be shopping, looking at magazines or websites that you can buy something from, whatever you feel might tempt your heart to say, now this is what will cure my weariness or my restlessness. These considerations for the Sabbath are not meant to be suffocating or rigid. Remember, this is not about keeping a rule. Learning to Sabbath is a craft and a discipline that God is inviting his children to partake in. So in typical fashion, uh, the Lord met me while preparing for this sermon, and I want to share a little bit of that with you. Like I said at the beginning, rest does not come easy for me. Typically, rest comes only when all my surroundings are exactly the way I want them to be. My work, my leisure time, my relationships with my friends and my family, all have to be perfect in where I want them. Then Hayden can rest. What God has showed me is that what I'm actually longing for is heaven. And the one thing that can make this experience real in my life is what I'm actually avoiding, and that is to truly Sabbath. Sabbath is our day to make heaven a reality in our lives. I want you to think about that for a moment. One day a week we get to experience a glimpse of what heaven is like. Now that is a day we will long for throughout the week. So to conclude <clears throat> I wanted to read out of Isaiah 58 11-14 and I thought about asking y'all to do this you don't have to but if you, if you feel comfortable close your eyes there, there's something that happens when believers, you know, the Holy Spirit resides in us, and when the word is read aloud, there is something that happens. In Hebrews 4, you know, it says the word is living and active, uh, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing soul and spirit, bone and marrow. So Isaiah 58, verses 11 through 14. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desires in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up from the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in, if you turn your back, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasures or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let me pray. Lord God, um, the truth be told, we are all desperate for the rest that you invite us to. Our souls know it too well. God, help us believe that the way you want to reorder our lives is good for us. Remember us, God, that remind us, God, that you are not trying to make life miserable or rigid by calling us to observe the Sabbath, but as a way to bring your healing, rest, renewal, and grace. Yes, Jesus, it was you who scandalously worked for us to allow us to experience what this day was intended to do. God, may we be a people who experience this awesome gift every week and may it produce fruit, eternal fruit for our families and for this city. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.